Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Play, Pause, Rewind, our 74th episode. Sorry we're a couple days late. That's my fault. Work kind of got out of hand earlier in the week, and I was not able to make our recording time. But, Niles, how have you been the last couple weeks since our last recording? Oh, you're good, Dylan. Don't worry about Thanks. it. You know, that's Thanks, <laughs> man. I appreciate you know, it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been good uh, because, yeah, I feel like I'm in a similar boat as you. Just, you know, we're both in marketing so the first week of the month is always kind of a pain of doing reporting reporting yeah <laughs> reporting yay it's it's everybody's fun time. favorite part of the job <laughs> i i love it and then you know it's uh yeah feeling overwhelmed sometimes but you know um excited for what's to come and you know it was it was halloween since our last episode too so mm-hmm. it was a great halloween got dressed up and uh yeah it was a good time you were you went as ghostbusters i can't remember I the did. character but i went uh, i i think i was egon i don't remember though i had all the patches <laughs> and i could switch them my what i was planning on doing was just like subtly switching which patch i was wearing throughout the night oh, smart, and yeah. as everyone was like getting more drunk they would be like wait a minute but I forgot because I was also <laughs> getting more drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But good yeah, plan. Halloween was a good time. Um, and uh, in a rare uh, change of pace for this month, a month mm-hmm. that has been dominated by truly horrible, devastating news, uh, we got some good news this afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, SAG after strike has come to an end. And it seems like, based wow. on the statement, uh, I kind of think the actors won big so excited to see what that deal uh comes out to be but as of midnight uh the night we're recording so in a couple hours it's officially (laughs) over so congratulations to all the members of SAG-AFTRA um you held out and presumably won a very big fight so congratulations (laughs) yeah that's amazing wow I I missed that news so yeah that's great it, it just came out like two hours ago, like very oh, recently. That's why I missed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are, as usual, going to review a film. And this week we are going to look back at a movie that came out a couple months ago, I think, on streaming, but is very good. And we wanted to talk about it. And that is No One Will Save You. So we'll start with a couple minutes of non spoilers and then transition into spoilers. And I would recommend, if you haven't seen it, leave at that point. (laughs) Um, But uh, No One Will Save You is written and directed by Brian Duffield and stars Caitlin Dever and follows a young woman named Bryn who lives alone, is isolated and hated by everyone in her town, and is forced to fend off a home invader uh, while unable to rely on anyone in her community. And I really don't want to say much more than that about the story of the film itself yeah. because it's really best watched just totally blind. Would you agree? And what are your initial thoughts as well? Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, you've been recommending this movie to me for like ever since you saw it, like several weeks ago. And mm-hmm. you know, it's um, yeah, I feel like I agree. It's, it's one of those movies that's best to just not know, um, what to expect going in. Like it's yeah. much better to like not even watch the trailer. <laughs> you know, I didn't watch the trailer and mm-hmm. I think you and I both, we both went in blind and I think that really benefits this movie uh, because it's a psychological thriller and it really delivers on that. Um, and, you know, I was really, 
just impressed by that side of things, just how well it um, uh, just escalated tension gradually mm-hmm. in this film. And it was just an excellent example of like how to do visual storytelling right, how to do a psychological thriller right. Uh, but yeah, it was it was such a like um, lots of twists and turns, things mm-hmm. that I wasn't expecting. Like it was just really cool. And the main a- uh, actor, uh, Caitlin Dever, there, she did a fantastic job in this performance. She really carried that narrative through. Um, it's kind of almost a solo film, but you know, there's other people in there. And getting too much into spoilers already. But and you know, the other yeah. thing I'll say too uh, was that I thought that the sound design in this movie was just incredible. Mm-hmm. There were so many unique sounds that were just cool and unique, and they just really thought through a lot of that to create uh, uh, just a terrifying atmosphere in this movie. But yeah, what are what were your initial thoughts, Don? Yeah, so I thought this was really slick and a very well done thriller, and a lot of this movie lives and dies on Caitlin Dever's performance, and I think she manages to carry that weight, even though she spends most of the movie without other actors to bounce off of. Um, and like you you may notice, uh, I usually when I say who the film stars, I list off a bunch of people. I only listed her. Like there are other people in this movie, yeah. but it's really, it's her. Um, and I think the film does a really great job of knowing when to make you sit in like a moment of tension and when to rapidly escalate the stakes and uh, sort of lean into that different type of tension. Um it's it's just really it's a really fun thriller. I wouldn't say it's a scary movie or a horror movie, but you will be on the edge of your seat watching it the whole time. Yeah. I think. I'd agree. Yeah. There's there's scary moments in it, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not like the nun or like you know, the conjuring. It's 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 a thriller. Yeah. And it's a thriller and it's like unrelenting, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it feels almost too real at some points. And you're like, how would I respond? And you just kind of mm-hmm. put yourself in those shoes. And it's uh, it's 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 high recommendation, I think. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of it's a little bit weird and it's a lot of fun. It's just a really great thriller sort of edge of your seat type of film. Uh, but, you know, let's stop dancing around everything. Let's just get into the spoiler of it all, because, you know, that's. Uh, where the fun can be had. Uh, if you haven't seen yeah. the movie, get out of here. We'll see y'all next week, next time for uh, a big Marvel episode. Um, but spoilers, surprise, it's aliens. What? <laughs> yeah. And I love how at least uh, with the initial alien, it's just the classic, you know, pop culture idea of an alien. You know, the big eyes, the mm-hmm. little sort of head like that. Um, yeah. And we get to see more designs as the movie goes on, all of which I enjoyed. But it was a it was kind of a fun subversion of what I expected this invasion invasive like alien or creature to be. It mm-hmm. almost seemed non threatening at first, like just yeah. more like it was curious a little bit. Um, yeah, which yeah. but it's like but it's pretty creepy at the same time, and <laughs> it's so creepy. I mean. You know the uh, like the f- the design of that initial alien is mm-hmm. fantastic with the long fingers and the toes. The toes, yeah, <laughs> that creeped me the fuck out. It, it made mm-hmm. my skin crawl to just see it like land on the ground, and just 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> creeping around on the ground like that. It's, uh, it's terrifying. But yeah, like, I, I mean, yeah, I had no idea what to expect with that first encounter because, yeah, you said – said just go into this movie blind and i was like yeah i Mm -hmm. want to i want to see what this is what what, like what is this is this like um yeah there were so many different things going through my head because in that first encounter when she hears the noise and she gets up it's like uh well i guess first she doesn't even know it's the first thing where the lights in the house like turn on every light in the house and then they shut off really Mm -hmm. quickly and it's like okay so the the thing is here and then she goes downstairs and she sees the door kind of slowly open it's like it's opened it's like Mm -hmm. a jar and then she kind of sees some movement and i think it's probably the ghost adventures that i've been watching lately (laughs) so i was just like it's a ghost story (laughs) like and then you know it just kept escalating from there it's like oh wait there's more movement and Mm -hmm. then when it came into like her bedroom just the way it was like twitching and moving it just made yeah. me think like is this an android kind of deal is this like a like a star wars kind of bounty hunter mm-hmm. aesthetic like it really yeah i was just like trying to guess what it is for a long time and then finally the the you know alien reveals itself in all of its glory and it's mm-hmm. amazing <laughs> yeah and the in the moment well first off i love the way it moves so quickly it like it's very still and it's like pop 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 yeah yeah Um, and uh but at the moment when she first kills that first one is so shocking like it's so abrupt and well executed and i just didn't really know what to feel because on the one hand it's very unnerving it broke into her house it might mean her harm but on the other hand it's like it almost is behaving in this weird like childlike manner Mm -hmm. at the same time and i wasn't sure what i was supposed to think it was feeling in all of these moments either so yeah. i was like i was like shit should i is this like she's in trouble now because she killed one of them but like is this was this just a little curious guy like exploring around and he came yeah. into the wrong place or was this um someone who meant her harm and like we find out more about that as the film goes on it would have like put that thing in her throat uh and mm-hmm. like um made her part of the body snatcher hive mind or whatever. But um, at that moment I was like, shit, I, I feel kind of bad for this guy, but also <laughs> you, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, for so long, like I was, I kept like going back and forth in my head. I was like, cause I, I agree with you. There was a part of me that felt like maybe it was just curious. It didn't mm-hmm. know how to like communicate with right. us. And it could have been a friendly alien just like, bouncing around the house looking for the person to talk Mm -hmm. to and like meet them. And there was like even a moment later in the film too, um, where it's like, she's having another encounter, like this alien's kind of chasing it around her around the house. And Mm -hmm. then she's in the basement and it's just kind of sitting there looking at her for a bit. Yeah. It's like, they kind of had this connection, like this mutual understanding for a second. And he even like stops and looks, looks at her picture that she took. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, okay, maybe there is something here. Maybe it's just like, wouldn't that have been such a, crazy reveal at the end where they're like we literally came in peace and you killed everyone that we sent to your home yeah well (laughs) well, that that was something i was thinking too it's like because subsequent aliens start showing up and like chasing her and harassing her and i i had a thought it's like what if they were peaceful and they're just like retaliating because she killed one of their dudes um yeah (laughs) right (laughs) and uh but i don't think that was the case because by that point they have kind of taken over the entirety of the town and maybe the world (laughs) yeah right uh 
Well, and one thing too with that with that first kill, you know, they they did such a good job of built, slowly building up that suspense, mm-hmm. but kind of getting a little ahead here. But later on in the film, we figure out that the reason why uh, our character, our protagonist, um, Bryn, right, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she, why she's uh, kind of um, ostracized by uh, the town and her community is because she killed her childhood friend, and we get a flashback to that. And I thought. I, I after I kind of watched it and thought about it for a little bit more, it was creative that the way that she killed that alien mm-hmm. was a very similar motion of how she killed her friend. You know, oh, when she's like yeah. standing up and she hits a, hits her friend with the rock, it was kind of the mm-hmm. same motion. She stands, she comes up really violently and quickly and stabs the alien in the head in kind of a similar motion. So I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of a creative parallel there yeah and she does seem pretty shocked after that first kill too so maybe it's maybe that's what prompted that shock more than what we're initially thinking where it's just like oh my god i just killed a thing in my home (laughs) which Uh, is also a crazy thought too yeah that would be pretty traumatizing as well but i i love the the escalating like sense of isolation that this character is going through because she's already like alone, right? Because no one wants to interact with her, but it gets even more insane when she's just like trying to get out of town on that bus. And then it turns out everyone on there is like a body snatched person who has already been infected by the aliens and they all start charging yeah. at her. That's where the point where the movie really started to get like unrelenting where it's like, there is nowhere she can go that is safe for her. And she's just on yeah. the run and fighting the entire time. Yeah, it literally is the the mess, the name of the movie. You, mm-hmm. No one's gonna save her. She no can't one will escape. save you. <laughs> um, yeah, no one will save you. You're 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 shut out of luck, kid. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that I appreciated too, like if I was mm-hmm. that, if I was that protagonist in that same scenario, I think I would do basically a lot of the same stuff that she did. <laughs> you know, I'd yeah. like to think that I would, but like you know, if if I had no other option and no one in town liked me. Fuck yeah! I'd take a bus to get out of Dodge. I'd get out of yeah. the state. I'm, I'm saying this is not my problem. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done with this. So yeah, I appreciate that she was. She acted real, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she like she comes up with a plan. She does a little bit of like home alone strategizing uh, <laughs> yeah. for when they come back, you know. Uh, but the thing that really stood out to me about this movie was. Um, there's there's no dialogue. Yeah. I mean, there, there's like a teeny tiny bit, which we'll talk about in a bit. But like, I thought it was a super interesting, creative choice. And it really elevates what could have been a pretty straightforward, sort of almost bog standard narrative into something a bit more mysterious and stylistic. Uh, like one of the main story threads is why does everyone fucking hate this girl? She seems perfectly pleasant. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And like that is kept a mystery. Uh, like what happened to Maud? Who is this person she's writing to? Why does everyone hate her? Like in a film that's more dialogue heavy, like that would have probably come up earlier in the story, right? We would, that would be revealed at a certain point and it just, it wouldn't have worked in the same way. Uh, and keeping it a mystery this long would have felt more forced in a film where dialogue was ever present. Uh, mm-hmm. But the way it's done here, it turns it into a really big revelation and also provides some emotional catharsis for our main character uh, towards the end of the story when she's at her lowest point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was 
that was like the one of the things that just blew me away was just mm-hmm. yeah there's literally no lines like the aliens have more lines than humans in this movie mm-hmm. you know she says like one thing like one line i feel like and it's just like she says i'm sorry yeah. basically that was the only line and it was the perfect line because yeah you know it just communicated everything that we need to know in that moment of mm-hmm. regret guilt remorse like you just need to put that in there and it just makes mm-hmm. you sympathize with her that much more to me you know, I feel like the lack of dialogue was the perfect choice for this film. Because I agree, mm-hmm. yeah, like we've seen Body Snatcher movies before, Attack on Mars, like all these kinds of alien abduction stories, alien invasion stories, War War of the Worlds, you know, they're so action heavy and like there's so much dialogue. It's like mm-hmm. you need something, you need, you need a fresh perspective on it if you're going to like approach that uh, niche again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think this film is kind of a masterclass some in some ways of how to do visual storytelling Mm -hmm. because you know without any words they were able to communicate just this very powerful narrative and everything we need to know about the back about the protagonist's backstory and you know they don't give it to us all at once it's just it's kind of drip fed it's slow and yeah you're right it's a mystery throughout most of the movie Mm -hmm. and obviously that approach can't work for yeah it can't work for everything yeah yeah, but I think it is sort of like a a positive version of a catch twenty two. I don't know if there's a term for that, um, but it's like it it the this creative choice works because the narrative is made simple enough for it to work without dialogue. Um, yeah. But then that straightforward narrative is elevated by this creative choice as well. So it just just really good decisions all around on that front and. Uh, you were right. The one line of dialogue is just her telling Maud in her in whatever contraption she's in at the end. Like, I'm sorry. And it uh, you painting it out like that kind of made me think of it's like when um when a painting is like in all black and white, except for mm-hmm. one item that's in color. You know, it's like it's saving that ingredient of color or dialogue for the point, the focal point, the the core of what the piece is about. Um, and it, it just highlights that moment all that much more. Yeah. Well, yeah, that just makes me think of, yeah, like, uh, Schindler's list, uh, to a certain degree Mm. where it's like, it's a black and white, the whole movie. And then that one little girl is, is red and it's because you're supposed to see that and it's significant and it's the emotional pull of like, oh yeah, there were kids in this and this Mm -hmm. horrible, horrible event that happened in history. And it just makes you sympathize that much more with the story. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so true when, when, the, when you just, when you use it strategically and in the right creative way, um, one line of dialogue can make all the difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about our protagonist, Bryn, a little bit. You have some interesting thoughts about her. Uh, obviously she is the heart of the movie. She carries mm-hmm. the whole thing, but, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, to me, I feel like she's, um, she's a fascinating character in a lot of ways um, because I think that not only is her story um, tragic and kind of um, uh, just like it's punctuated by so much grief and trauma, but Mm. I feel like her experience in her life, her character, it feels emblematic or like kind of reflective of the loneliness epidemic in the U S right now. Okay. Um, That was just one read that I felt on it, but I feel like especially millennials, Gen Z, they're feeling this the most. 
um, out of all people. And I mean, mm -hmm. everyone's kind of feeling it, I think, uh, especially during the pandemic, that definitely came to light. But, you know, Bryn in this movie, she's treated like a pariah in her town yeah. because of her past actions. She's ostracized. She's, um, uh, to me, it also feels like she's grappling with um, severe like PTSD and some anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. of uh, all this stuff that's happened in her life. She's got no one in her life, no friends. It seems like, um, uh, the only thing that makes, that gives her joy is like, um, creating this tiny little town in her home, yeah. like all these like tiny little replicas of all the buildings and everything. Like she's trying to make her own little utopia. And even like when there was like a few moments where it's like, she's about to go into a social setting or she's about to go outside and drive. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like hyping herself up, you know, she's, practicing her smile to herself and like yep. how to wave and it does and there was even like a moment in the in the movie too it was really quick it was like a she's looking at like an older couple they're holding hands and it feels like she's just so envious of that like she has no one yeah. special in her life to share that kind of connection with and to me it just felt like she's just uh just incredibly lonely and mm -hmm. was struggling to find someone to connect with someone to empathize with her. And I feel like that's yeah. a very relatable character for a lot of people. Well, and if I'm remembering the scene you're talking about that older couple, also it's, it's Maud's parents. So she, that when she's oh, hiding yes. behind the car, that's why, that's why she's so like, she's freaking out when she sees them because she doesn't want them to see her. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're right on about all that. That makes a lot of sense. And then you also have the, uh, she's put the little like, uh, tape on the floor so she can practice the right like movements for dancing but she's just doing it by herself and she's building this like idyllic little town like she's imagining this life that she wants to have but never can because of what happened in her childhood and the fact that she killed uh, her friend um, and that yeah. like everyone she knows fucking hates her <laughs> yeah and, yeah and like her parents are gone. Like they don't really address mm -hmm. it, but yeah, her, her parents, I believe are dead. And you know, she's just in this house all alone. And yeah, yeah I would, I would go stir crazy. I would get lonely in that house too, especially if the surrounding community didn't like me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then shit kind of hits the fan to the point where, uh, as far as we know, she's the only one left and is just running through the woods uh, and then back into her house, and then um, she fights, and she fights, and she fights, but eventually she gets caught in, like, the little tractor beam thing, and mm -hmm. uh, Which it is gets so kind of... Cool. It's very cool. The the uh, way she's frozen looks so uncomfortable and unnatural, and just, you can tell, like, her acting is so good, too. Like, you can see her fear, and how, like... You know, it's like it feels like it's like shit. I've I've done so much and fought so hard, and uh, now I'm just here, and it's over, and there's nothing I can do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that 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 ending was um, it was beautiful in a lot of ways, and it was a mm -hmm. little confusing too. But yeah, like she gets this, um, she kind of rejects the alien parasite in a way, mm -hmm. and which is just crazy to me that she had that kind of willpower to do it. But I think that just kind of speaks to her character's strength and her mm -hmm. resilience and that she's like, she can recognize a fake reality from a mile away. Cause she's like, this yep. isn't the life I know. And I would love to stay here, but I can't because I know this isn't true. And this isn't, 
I can't, I just can't stay here. This isn't, this isn't what I need. But then, you know, she gets taken up into that spaceship um, Mm -hmm. and she has this collective kind of hallucination with the aliens. And that's where Uh we get to see all that stuff about her childhood. And we get to learn more about why that, why that couple, like that, why that woman spit in her face and why the cops despise her and don't help her. And um, it was, I mean, yeah, just that whole climax is uh, really cool. And I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed the um, aesthetic of the spaceship. Like once they're on the inside, it's just like black and stars and like (laughs) liquid. It's like, it's so cool up there. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very alien despite like adhering on the outside of it very closely to the typical flying saucer um, Mm -hmm. format. But also the, I think the reason it's not that she's like, special in terms of willpower or just like is stronger than other people it it might be partially i think it's that for her character but like in the logic of the movie i would say that alien the first one was probably meant to get that into her throat while she was sleeping and that's Mm -hmm. what happened to everybody else and it's just that she has she knows enough information about what's going on and knows that everybody else is getting body snatched so she has enough like context clues to recognize that the reality she's seeing is not real. And then that's how she throws it up. So I think that's, she was just like empowered by her experience more than anything else there. But I that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Cause yeah, for a while there, I was kind of confused about that. Like, how did she like recognize that? How did she know that she, that she like, while she was in this <laughs> fantasy world, like mm-hmm. know that she needed to reach down her throat and pull this thing out. Like it was kind of yeah. crazy to me, but, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, like, there were some things that kind of confused me in this ending, you know, like okay. I think in any kind of alien movie, you know, you're always going to ask like, well, what's the goal? Why, what are they trying to achieve? Why are they here? Mm-hmm. And like, why are they trying to assimilate people and like bring them under their control? Like what's the purpose here? And, you know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it doesn't matter what their ultimate goal is because the story isn't about them. The story is about mm-hmm. uh, this, this human character that we're here and I think the, um, uh, you know, the purpose of them, like, even like, when you think about it logistically, like, why are they looking at her memories? Like, why, what's the purpose of this for reviewing them? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Again, it's yeah. for her character. <laughs> and it provided kind of this emotional closure for her. And it kind of allowed us as an audience to gain greater insight into her experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think... Uh, yeah, I actually was... do have an answer to that question, sure. though. Um, why, like, why they're looking at our memories? Because from what we see, they're able to get everybody else in this town like pretty easily. So I can imagine if you're like one of sure. these aliens, you'd be like, "What the fuck is this girl's deal? Like, how has she been able to fight <laughs> us so effectively? Like, what? Who is this person?" I, I think it's just like their interest in her was piqued because mm. she was able to fend them off for so long when nobody else did. That was kind of my read on it, at least. I like that. That that makes perfect sense. Because it would be like, wow, we throw in four aliens at her now? Yeah. And she... <laughs> she blew up her house. She blew up her car. <laughs> like, like, this woman doesn't give a shit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I yeah, I think um, the climax is, you know, it's probably one of the more action-packed parts um Mm -hmm. and everything kind of happens really quickly so i started to get a little bit more confused as it went on but like on reflection i feel like i've got a better sense of what was going on here 
And um, but let me ask you this, Dylan: Do you think that she was assimilated? No, I, I do not. I, I didn't. I don't remember seeing anything on her throat at the end. And I think they kind of, <laughs> I think they just cut her a break and they gave her the <laughs> life that she was like longing for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she at the at the end of the movie, she she's just like dancing and having a block party with all of the. <laughs> Yeah, the um, body snatched members of her town who previously hated her, and it's like a lot of things to feel about that. On the one hand, good for you, um, you get the life you want, but also mm-hmm. it's it's a little sad because you are essentially just playing with dolls um, as you were doing before, and also it's really fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so <laughs> creepy, man. Uh, like, but it's it's it works so well. For this movie, it's like, I don't know. You feel all of those things at once and all of those responses are valid because it's like I she did kill her friend as a child and that's fucked up, but it was accidental. Like she did mean to hit the girl, but she didn't mean to kill her, obviously. Um, Yeah. And holding holding that against someone who was a a small child, um, holding that against them for the rest of their life is pretty cruel, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd. And I think the um uh you know, I I certainly didn't hate her for it, you know. Of course in the moment you have every right to be mad at her for killing your kid, but you know, at a certain point it's like you got to let go and you got to move on like yeah. you know, forgive You have it, to understand uh, that like an act it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, um, it was just. Yeah, accident. and how did you feel? How did you feel just like about the revelation of what happened to Maud and why everyone hates her? Just in general, I thought it uh, it worked really well, <laughs> um, and I feel like it's um, it made me sympathize with her even more at that mm-hmm. point because I knew just how um, alienated she was <laughs> by her community, and I think that revelation just added to that sympathy pile mm-hmm. for me um you know i think uh i also i'll say that like reddit is a gold mine for <laughs> interpretations of this film like it's, it's uh-huh. just there's a lot on there I, d- I dove deep into a subreddit just looking at stuff and there's a whole lot of ideas a lot of interpretations of why she was kind of um left to her own devices among the aliens like some people mm-hmm. are like well he the aliens realized that she you know, she's been trying to have this community and everyone's neglected her. So let's give it to her. Like she's earned mm-hmm. it at this point. And it's, yeah. it is fucked up because yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, all of these people, they no longer have thoughts or feelings or emotions. It's all kind of a fake mask. And yep. she's, yeah, like you said, just kind of playing with dolls at that point. Um, so it's kind of simultaneously sweet and horrific, uh, but she's finally, she's happy. She got the happiness that she wanted but at the uh-huh. cost of her neighbors and their freedoms. Um, and one... Maybe more than just her neighbors, who knows? Because at the yeah. end, we see like a bunch of ships flying around. It's like, oh, they they took over the world, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I think I also saw like an interpretation that was like, well, the aliens were just looking for like the most the, the most effective natural born killers among the human race. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I, I don't think we're meant to care what the aliens are looking for, and I don't think we're meant to, like... Like, I like that it's sort of disorienting and their motivation is left unclear because, like, Bryn wouldn't know. 
we're following her. This is through her yeah. eyes, and if they're not going to give her that information, then we shouldn't get it either. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I felt like the revelation about Maud too. It, it works really well for me, both as an explanation, like a rational explanation for why everyone hates her so much, because. While I said earlier, it's like cruel to hold that against someone for their whole life, and I still maintain that it like it makes sense, you know. Like you mm-hmm. kill you kill like one of your friends with a big rock, people aren't gonna like you very much. Um, but it was also it, it was something that was like it's really bad but unintentional, so it didn't make me suddenly dislike her after rooting for her for the entire movie. So I think they struck that balance really well with that revelation. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree on that. And I one uh, one other thing too on just kind of mm-hmm. the aliens. Um, I read online in one of the interviews with the writer slash director of yeah. this movie, uh, and he described the aliens as a species of explorers. You know, mm-hmm. which could mean a lot of different things. And I think you can interpret that as they're curious, kind of like what you were saying earlier that maybe they just wanted to get to know her, but you know that wasn't really the case. They're just curious. They want to learn about other planets and maybe other species. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, it's not really the why that we're, we're not trying to interpret the why of why they Mm -hmm. came to earth. It's like we're trying to figure out the, uh, the, the why for why, she has this real utopia for herself mm-hmm. at the end. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of ways that you could go about that. But I think one was that just, or one of the fav- my favorites that I saw on Reddit was like, the aliens couldn't control her. They could not. <laughs> she defied them so much that they said, like, like you, like you just suggested, they just said, fuck it. You can have yeah. it. <laughs> we don't, yeah. You can have it. You can have your community. And uh, I thought that was uh, kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there's an element of it where it's like, she earned their respect. By the mm-hmm. end, um, she fought enough to where they're like, okay, we'll, we'll give you something. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've earned this. You've had a shitty life. Yeah, you get this now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the ending um, is also just kind of an ex- exploration of empathy in some ways, or the lack of it within mm-hmm. humans, because these creatures uh, from another galaxy, another solar system, what have you, they were able to understand her experience and her guilt and her trauma in a way that the humans in her community were not able to do so. And True. of course it's about perspective and all that stuff, but you know, the aliens recognized that she's had a shit life and yeah, I, I thought that that was uh, kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would, I mean, it's great. It's just a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Simple, but well executed with interesting choices made and um, a, a great protagonist to follow. But definitely recommend this to, I would say, most everyone, right? Yeah. 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 If you like thrillers, just... you're, this is right up your alley for sure. Um, but yeah, All I think right. a lot of people will enjoy it. And yeah, I would recommend it too. Um, yeah, well, with that, let's transition to the next segment of our show. Just other stuff we've been watching, reading, playing, doing, whatever the fuck. Um, Niles, <laughs> go for it. So, continuing on with Loki. Um, very excited for the final episode tomorrow uh, for season two. That's going to mm-hmm. be awesome to see how it all concludes. It's been, yeah, I think I think this is probably, like, Marvel's strongest show you know like i i really liked wandavision when it came out and there have been Mm -hmm. some other good ones but i think loki's like they hit that mark pretty well uh for it 
And, Loki's uh, the one that has like most committed to being a a show. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Other than She Hulk, She Hulk was very TV show in format. True. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of went all in on this one. It's really cool. All the revelations mm. that are coming with it, and the acting just superb. Um, also, been watching uh, Gen V. Um, still not very far into it, but it's uh, yeah the the boys spinoff, and so far I've been enjoying it a lot. Uh, it's got a very interesting premise, and I just enjoy the idea of just exploring more of this world that the boys is set in mm-hmm. and kind of all the cultural nuances that come with <laughs> um, commercialized superheroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, j- uh, the other week too, we uh, uh, watched uh, kingdom of heaven, the director's cut version. And that was the first time viewing that movie. And it was phenomenal. I would say. Yeah. Yep. It is. Uh, yeah. So uh, like you, you came over and we watched kingdom of heaven director's cut together uh i've seen it before and i love that movie and just when uh we the last time we were in the theater i forget what oh killers of the flower moon we saw the trailer for napoleon um and it's like oh really scott historical epic it yes. made me it just made me want to watch kingdom of heaven again it's like of course gladiator but i've seen gladiator like a million times yeah me too um, so it's uh like yeah if you haven't seen the director's cut of kingdom of heaven I would highly recommend it. Apparently the theatrical cut is, is not very good, but the, the director's cut is like a true epic. Um, it's incredible. I love it so much. Uh, yeah. But also I have been continuing reading the Witcher short stories, the last wish uh, I, at this morning, actually I got to the short story, the last wish. Um, <laughs> yeah. But one thing I think is very funny reading this book the, um, is that, when the first season of The Witcher came out, you remember the episodes were kind of out of order, and there was the like, yes. there was that one chronological story with Siri going forward, and some people were like, "It's all confusing because it's out of order," and I don't really like that. That's how the book is. That the, the <laughs> short stories in the book, like they just adapted the book and yeah. <laughs> they changed the chronology, the like linear chronology part to focus on Siri because Siri is a character that carries forward, and I just think. The Witcher show is not great. Uh, it has a lot of faults, but I have found it very interesting that some of the strongest and most aggressive critiques people have made of the show are specifically of elements and moments taken directly from the book. I just <laughs> have noticed that three or four times over the last year, and I'm like, hmm, I don't think y'all read the books. I, I, you, you, you seem to, you claim you care about them a whole lot. But I don't think you read them. Yeah. I think you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Something's not adding up here. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, call, calling some of you out out there. Um, I also downloaded and play, uh, started playing the Insomniac Spider-Man game. Not Spider-Man mm. 2, the one that just came out. Spider-Man 1 from several years ago because it's available on PC now. Oh, and okay. I'm not super far into it. But, man, just just swinging around New York is so satisfying it once you once you get the rhythm of it it's like oh oh yeah there's a mission there i should go do that but but i'm swinging (laughs) but i'm having fun this is fun (laughs) uh so enjoyed that i also started in the new season of invincible great start to that uh the first episode of season two excuse me season two was really good um excited to see where we go from here have you watched it yet 
I have not. I okay. I've been itching to like I'm. There's a part of me that's like, I just need to do one superhero show at a time, and then I'm watching Loki and Gen V at the same time. I'm like, okay, I could probably squeeze an Invincible. <laughs> yeah, fair. It's it's good, and and you've read the comics, so you know yeah. more or less where the story goes. I'm sure I'm they're s- changing things, but I'm so it's... excited for it. Yeah, I need to catch up. Yeah. Uh, also, continuing on with Loki, which I am continuing to enjoy. Uh, that was the penultimate episode this week, and the the fun. The finale is tomorrow night, so I guess I'll watch that after we see the Marvels. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. Loki is probably one of Marvel's strongest current-running properties. Uh, we're, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Loki next next time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also went to see the new David Fincher movie, The Killer, starring Michael Fassbender. Very straightforward narratively from compared to, like, what I usually see in Fincher movies, but... It's just a very satisfyingly executed hitman movie. Just dope. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like that. yeah, it's like Michael Fassbender plays this contract killer, and he's very precise, and he has his processes, and he's he's talking to you about how it all, like how you have to execute, and how everything leading up to the moment and after the moment is really key, and how he doesn't mm-hmm. really make mistakes, and then he royally fucks up. Oh no! <laughs> and, the, and the movie is about the sort of in the, in a world like this where you're this sort of contract killer like what are the what are the days and weeks after a professional fuck up like that going to look like for you it's really cool okay i need to watch that that sounds yeah, awesome it's it's um it'll i think you missed it in theaters but it'll be on netflix in like 2 days uh i also went to see priscilla on sunday the new sofia coppola movie about priscilla presley and Really excellent. Uh, really, really excellent. And I think uh, it, despite it having a very competing portrayal of Elvis Presley to uh, the movie Elvis, this works as a really excellent, although tonally incredibly different uh, companion piece to that. Because having seen Elvis, I kind of knew where along their lives I was at every point in the story. But this movie is very focused on Priscilla um, and the, the absence of the spectacle of Elvis's life is a big part of it as well. Uh, And it also focuses on a lot of elements of their relationship that the uh, Elvis biopic, that's all about how like wonderful Elvis was uh, shies away from and sort of moves on. Like, uh, pr- principally the fact that Priscilla was 14 when they started dating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's not uh, good, dude. Yeah, in, in Elvis, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, and he was in France, uh, and he fell in love with the colonel's daughter or whatever. And it's like, yes, yep, he did, but how young was that daughter, <laughs> <laughs> Boslerman? Would you like to share that with us? <laughs> yeah, it's a little comfortable, dude. <laughs> um, but uh, also on Sunday, I watched The Royal Hotel, uh, which I'd, oh, nice. I missed in theaters. I really wanted to see it. But after the opening weekend, it was just like every showing was at 4 p.m. I'm like, well, I can't go. I'm working. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's like these two Canadian – well, they say they're Canadian. They may be American. Who knows? But they're, like, doing work for travel programs, basically traveling around the world and working a little bit to make money for the next leg of the travel. And they run out of money, so they go – they're in Sydney and they run out of money and the only job available to them is like 
bartending this this pub called the Royal Hotel in the middle of the like uh outback. So they they get mm-hmm. dropped off at this hotel and it's just um it's a bit of a thriller, I would say, but not supernatural. It's more just like the people they have to interact with are um you know not quite proper <laughs> like not yeah not well behaved uh they're two like young women in a environment full of like kind of raunchy men and that's sort of the horror of that situation but i really liked it i thought it was a good movie um nice yeah yeah that, that one seemed thriller-esque and a little uncomfortable but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I'd recommend it though. It's really good. Uh, but that's yeah. gonna do it for us this week. We will be back in two weeks for. Uh, we're just gonna do a big Marvel episode because Loki finale is tomorrow and the Marvels is tomorrow. So we're gonna we're gonna do uh, what we did with Doctor Strange two and Moon Knight a couple years ago oh, or a yeah. year ago. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a big big double feature episode. Maybe we'll uh, kick it off by talking about that Variety article, talking about the state of Marvel Studios and everything oh, and yeah. how it's all kind of, the, you know, the House of Cards seems to be crumbling down a little bit. Uh, so maybe we'll kick it off with that and then watch or watch, talk about Loki and then the Marvels. Um, but yeah. yeah, so you all be sure to uh, watch both of those if you care. And then we'll see you guys in two weeks. Until then, Niles, where can people find you on the Internet? On Instagram at Niles Got No Styles. What about you, Dylan? Where can people follow you online? On Instagram at DylanD1026. On Twitter at D-Day Movies. On YouTube at D-Day Movies. On Twitch at D-Day underscore Movies. You can find both of us here at Play Pause Rewind, both on podcast platforms and on YouTube and on our second YouTube channel, which we have neglected a little bit, and we will correct that eventually, um, called Play Pause Rewind Videos where we do uh, another series called Rewind, which is a lot of fun, as well as uh, have spoiler-free sections of our episodes and all that other fun stuff over there. But thank you all so much for watching and listening. Be sure to give us a five-star review if you'd like, or do a like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.